Snippet, the short podcast platform. Hello, my friend, and welcome to The Closet Space. My name is Vic Ravindran, and I have been gay my whole fucking life. But I didn't say so for 20 years. And I'm far from the only one who has kept a part of themselves hidden away for so long. So every week, I talk to amazing individuals who have come out of the closet in some form or another, whether they're part of the LGBTQIA community, or even if they've come out of closets we don't often talk about, like having an invisible disability or simply leaving their way of life behind. This week, I'm honored to be able to have a conversation with my friend and filmmaker, Giovanni Adams. Like some of my other guests on the show, Gio has tapped into his unique coming out experience as a creative well from which he is able to fuel his artistic pursuits. His story is one of faith, family, and finding yourself in unexpected places. Without further ado, my conversation with Gio. Hello, Gio, and welcome to The Closet Space. Thank you so much for joining me here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, I'm so excited to have you because we have been friends for quite a while, but I have not been able to have you over for an in-depth conversation like this. We've been able to see each other outside in the nightlife area of Los Angeles, but we haven't been able to just have a nice intimate conversation. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about you. You're a filmmaker, you're a writer, director, and you're an actor. And you recently released a film called Game On. It's touring the festival circuit right now. That's very exciting. Um, how is it doing in the festival circuit? Are you keeping track? Uh, it's doing really well, actually. Uh, we were happy to uh, receive acceptance into Outfest, Vancouver Queer Film Festival, Seattle Queer Film Festival, a festival in Australia. So, like, we're we're really um, excited that we're reaching an audience, especially during a time where the Delta variant is surging, and there are a few opportunities to engage people in person. So, very thankful for the live audience screenings and also the virtual uh, screenings uh, of the film so far. That's super exciting. And to take those experiences of what Game On might cover, uh, let's talk a little about your past and how uh, it led up to that film. (laughs) Well, you know, maybe it might be simpler times, depending. (laughs) Uh, You know, hopefully you didn't grow up in a a global pandemic. Uh (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, I grew up in Mississippi. I was a nerdy arts-driven kid. I grew up uh, an evangelical. That's how I would describe myself now. Like, when I was coming out, uh, as it were, and I told my mom, like, this is going to be difficult because we're evangelicals. Like, she didn't know what the hell I was talking about because black people in the South don't call themselves evangelicals. But that was my experience. Like, um, there was a picture that my family had in their mind of what life was going to look like for me. And it involved a wife with kids. And that's the image that I held on to well into my 30s, actually. Wow. How did you kind of navigate that path within yourself, holding that image of being a evangelical in the, in the South, and then finding your way to being a now out and proud filmmaker covering territory that maybe you might not have imagined covering? Well, so the interesting thing was it's like I grew up in a household where sex was always represented in a positive kind of like overly intellectual like my mom was like a social worker and did these teen parenting programs where you know like she would counsel young women on safe sex practices I had my own sort of like dark experience with sexual violence as a kid by men and as a result I was sort of terrified of any sort of like male on male action. And so that coupled with an evangelical kind of um, directive to like save yourself until you're married, 
you know, I strictly dated women, you know, even though I had like gay, you know, encounters, but it wasn't until after, you know, like being loved on really here in Los Angeles after years and years of like not really getting any headway, I, I, I sort of found an evangelical community that really supported me. And there were a lot of like straight guys who just like gave me a lot of like non-sexual intimacy and affirmation uh, and kind of really primed me, you know, fluffed me as it were for my first, uh, my first love, who was the son of an evangelical pastor, the son of a preacher man. Oh, look at you guys. What a pair. I know. Um, and unfortunately that relationship didn't work out, but it seemed natural to me, like I was loving with someone, and so like, why wouldn't I want to fuck that person, and why wouldn't I want to live and make a life with that person? And that was my coming out story. That's incredible, and also it's something that we don't often hear is like we is when someone comes out. A lot of time you will hear about a, a revoking of religion or a loss of religion. Do you feel like you left your religion behind or leaned more into it to to help you to find that? No, I feel like uh, I still love Jesus, but I love dick. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, that's the most crass and crude way of saying it. But, like, yeah, I I hear you, man. Like, and the church doesn't necessarily make it easy. Um, but, like, I've maintained my own sort of, like, relationships to the eternal in my own, like, kind of, like, personal life. And then, like, I have close friends you know, it is kind of a challenge trying to find like social spaces to engage, you know, with, you know, my spiritual practice that kind of jives with where I am right now. But, you know, I'm doing all right. And, uh, and uh, me and God are okay. That's incredible. I mean, I, for me, I'm not a religious person, but it's like, it is always wonderful to hear, especially when it's coming from a queer person or a gay person, uh, to know that they, if they felt that connection with God from the beginning, that it's still there after the closet door was open for them. And that's something that you still hold on to. I think that's really incredible to be able to, to hang on to that because a lot of people will be jaded by their experience depending on uh, how they uh, were treated by their church or how they were treated by their family who were a member of a certain church. So I think it's wonderful that you were able to negotiate your relationship with God and yourself uh, and to see that he still loved you at the end. It's yeah. And you still love him. I love that. <laughs> I think the idea of sex like has been like made to be something to be very clean and pure to the detriment, not only of like queer people, but also, you know, like, you know, women, and, you know, and, and to a certain extent men. And it was kind of a hard thing for me transitioning, you know, like into the dating world where gay sex is anything but like clean and like, you know, I mean, you know, there were a lot of things to learn. You know? Absolutely. And they don't teach you in school. They do not teach you in school. Like, um, and I think my friendships have been really integral, but it has just been a practice of trial and error. And, uh, you know, the apps, everyone like, you know, I know has had a, a grinder kind of like intro to like dating here in Los Angeles. And for better or worse, that really teaches you a lot. A lot of hands-on training. A lot of hands-on training and a lot of ha uh, uh, a lot of material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for creative creative projects, such as game. And I mean, just to segue right into that, you have been able to use your story and your personal experiences to uh, as a well for your artistic and creative work. And your 
recent film Game On is not your first uh, to hit the festival circuit in terms of your own self-exploration. So do you want to talk about some of the artistic projects that you worked on that were kind of spurred by your um, your coming out journey and your your self-discovery as a person once you reached L.A. or whenever, whenever that uh, discovery happened for you? Oh, for sure. So like uh, shortly after the dissolution of like my first like gay relationship, uh, I was developing um, a play called Love is a Dirty Word. It was my first uh, produced work. And uh, that play was really meant to be like kind of a cabaret Eileen Stritch at Liberty kind of like song and dance kind of thing and it became more of a exploration of my life in Mississippi, the gay boy that I sort of like sacrificed so that I can make a life like in the kind of like straight male world. And it was like my kind of journey to find him. And, and from that uh, production, um, we did a short film called Two Black Boys that was directed by Rachel Myers. Uh, my play was directed by Becca Wolf, longtime collaborator. And uh, that short film, like, also, like, was hugely successful in the festival circuit. It actually premiered at Outfest as well and went on to numerous festivals. And um, during the pandemic, when, you know, we were all, like, stuck up in our houses, you know, like, feeling, like, sort of stifled, like, Game On was, like, my effort not only to kind of stretch myself as a writer, you know, uh, but also like as a director. Um, and so I decided to write, you know, direct and produce the film with, with Becca and my good friend, Jeff Maxim, who also uh, shot the movie. So how was that for you to take on all three of those roles? You wrote the, you wrote it, you directed it, you starred in it. How was that process mentally? Girl, uh, let me tell you, <laughs> I did not want to take on all those roles. Uh -huh. I mean, I feel like ideally, like, it would have been great for me to sort of write and to direct and to have a greater level of support. Uh, but like we were in a pandemic and like a lot of, you know, what we were dealing with was like people's anxieties and certain like union restrictions in terms of like, you know, people gathering. And so, you know, with a lack of ability to gather, you know, you're relying on people's good graces over Zoom. And for a project under $10,000 to produce, you know, you can't really demand a lot of people's time. And so I really had to wear multiple hats and I learned a lot in the process. That's very cool. What do you think was your major takeaway from being a tricon, a, a trifecta, <laughs> like a, a triple threat? Uh, I feel like doing your own shit brings you a lot of joy. You know, like it brings you a lot of joy. You learn a lot and creating your own opportunities in a town where you're like constantly waiting on people to like choose you mm -hmm. is the best possible feeling. You know? That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, taking that self-initiative and yeah, and not waiting around to for someone to give you permission to really just take the reins for yourself and deciding that you're going to do it on your own. I mean, just like this beautiful project. I'm very done. happy to be a part of this project too, and I am very thankful to Snippet. I hope Snippet, <laughs> Snippet execs. I hope you're listening. <laughs> a little plug there. I see. You, I see. You. We'll be right back with more from the closet space. Welcome back to The Closet Space. My conversation with filmmaker Giovanni Adams continues. Game On covers the digital gay dating space. Uh, it also covers the intricacies of the gay dating world, the messiness of the gay dating world. What was it like to cover that topic and were you pulling from personal experience and or how did you, what, what's your take on the gay dating scene as we see it now? 
you know, during that, 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 that time I was, you know, sort of getting over a breakup with a, a guy that I had been seeing who I met in real life, actually. It was, it was really, really difficult to sort of lose that sort of intimate connection right uh, when we were being asked to like, you know, isolate from everyone. And so like in writing the, you know, the, the, the short, I really wanted to explore the idea of queer longing especially during a time when like it, it was at its height, you know, at its pinnacle. There's also the dynamics of like dating as a black man and people sort of like, you know, being, you know, kind of essentializing my personhood to certain body parts, you know, mm -hmm. like, totally. I mean, we all know about BBC and shit like that. And, you know, uh, in some instances as gays, like, you know, I mean, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but for me, like sometimes like being kind of fetishized like you know at least it gets you a lot of like action sure and then other times you're like man like that makes me feel really fucked up that you know uh like i'm only being appreciated you know for this one aspect of like my personhood 100 yeah and so like yeah i mean i'm all pro like you know sex and yet like the ways that we interact as like queer men on these sites sometimes like doesn't do too well for like my own like you know kind of like self-esteem and so those were some of the things that we wanted to explore and i think just in general like you know i think you know with this whole like you know racial reckoning you know like systematic injustice like era that we're in i feel like as gay men we have to like look internally and think about what that means in terms of us like you know like having these very sex positive spaces and how we're like behaving toward one another like issues of consent, issues of fetishization, and like, you know, like, you know, weird racial dynamics, you know? I feel like it's just a moment of introspection, uh, but with this particular project, I wanted it to be funny and not necessarily like, um, you know, heavy, and for it to have like a positive like ending because my character, you know, the, pl the character that I play ends up finding someone by accident on a video game that turns out to be a really nice connection that he didn't expect, so. I love that, finding love in unexpected places. What were some of the unexpected um, takeaways that you found while making this movie during a pandemic, working with this cast, uh, and then again, taking on all those roles uh, in terms of leadership? On the creative side of things, uh, I learned the value of delayed gratification because we shot this film like in the summer, early fall, you know, we finished editing of 2020 and, you know, I really was thinking like, maybe I'll just like dump this on YouTube, you know, get a few like viral likes. I mean, cause you know, like I didn't have high expectations, but like delaying that gratification, which we know like gay men are so like good at, like <laughs> I was able to sort of like, uh, watch the film, like get into all these festivals, uh, instead and to sort of share you know, the joy of what we experience in isolation with a larger audience. And so it just let me know that, you know, some things are worth waiting for. Is your film out in the world available to watch or is it still touring the festival circuit? So it's still on the festival circuit. You can follow me at Giovanni Adams on uh, Instagram or at game on G-A-Y-M-E short film on, on Instagram. Um, yeah, like those would be probably the main ways of like, you know, uh, accessing the film right now. And then at some point, like when we're done with the festival circuit, I'll just, 
put it on YouTube for people to enjoy or like my website. Awesome. Do you have any uh, new projects that you are cooking up or anything that you have you experienced anything since this that you are, want to cover in terms of like a media, uh, turn it into a play or turn it into a movie? Well, I'm working on a feature right now. And, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I can tell you more of the details about that off like air. But like uh, it's um, it's something that I'm really, really excited about. And uh, it's another queer story. It explores a life in the South that I know, but not necessarily my life. And that is the type of work that I'm looking to birth. <laughs> birth cool. Uh, your second child. I'm ex- excited to meet them as well. Yeah. And so how, how would you compare uh, the geo that I know now, the geo that's here in this, in this room, to this, this filmmaker? And how would you compare him to the, the geo that grew up in the South and might not have been quite sure of where he was just yet? I feel like when I was younger, I was looking to fit myself into a box. And now I am more so like trying to create enough space on the inside of me to hold all the various disparate and like oxymoronic parts of my personality and like be cool with it. You know, because sometimes I feel like I try to make everything make sense. And sometimes you just have to fucking just be like, this is me. I may not understand myself. I'm not expecting for you to understand me. Just accept who I am right now. That's an incredible thought process, too, because, you know, we aren't always able to control the elements around us, nor the elements within us. So I love that way of thinking, because we we if we're constantly trying to control ourselves or trying to, again, like you said, try to put ourselves in a box. We, we don't get the opportunity to expand on ourselves. So. Oh, for sure. That's great. And thank you so much for joining me here today, Gio. I mean, I feel like I learned a lot <laughs> and I can't wait for uh, my many, 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 many listeners to, uh, to be able to see your film and learn more about you. And hopefully uh, once that film is out in the world uh, on YouTube or in a more readily available fashion, we, I can't wait to lay eyes on it. Well, this conversation has been great and you're an absolute pleasure, Vic. Thank you again. Since recording our conversation, I've been lucky enough to watch Gio's film Game On and it's everything he made it out to be and more. I started this show as a way to reach out to my community during the pandemic and there are so many themes in Gio's film that carry the same intention. Attempting to bridge divides and find connections in a time that found so many of us stuck in isolation. It does seem to be in Gia's nature, though, to be the light in the dark for both himself and others, leading us away from the closed-off spaces and into a more expansive future. We're just lucky that he's gifted enough to be able to share it in such a beautiful way. I hope you get the chance to experience his work soon. Until next time, I'm Vic Ravindran, and thank you so much for joining me in the Closet Space.